Good morning. I'm uh, going to just uh, say a couple of things to help. The next seven days uh, may be interesting for some of you. Maybe the next seven days are a wind down. Maybe the next seven days are a wind up. Maybe the next seven days are full of expectation of good things. Maybe expectation of not so good things. Maybe you're going to step into the next seven days and go, I hope this isn't as bad as last year. Or I hope it's the best it's ever been. Or there's so much uncertainty around what the next seven days could look like. But at the same time, I want to remind you today that these next seven days, we don't often talk about this, could very well be a real battle. Maybe things don't go to plan this week. Maybe things are more challenging than you expect them to be. Maybe people let you down this week and you didn't expect them to or even in between. Can I just say, these next seven days, we don't often talk about it, but they are a battle because there is a battle going on. And I'm going to touch on that today. I changed the message this week from what I originally planned months ago to then what I had planned a few weeks ago to what I'm eventually going to talk about today. So three shifts, three different changes. And one of the main things that came to me in doing that was this. When you read through the Christmas narrative in the Gospels, you see this recurring phrase, and I've talked about it before, do not be afraid. You see it, do not be afraid. There's these angelic visitations going to various different people at various different times, and it always coincides with, do not be afraid. Because there is something very intentional about these angelic visitations that catch people unaware, but I think this do not be afraid thing has got a lot to do with there is something unbelievably significant about to take place that is going to change the course of human history and it's going to impact your life. And I want us just to lean into that a little bit today. So in the light of do not be afraid in different messages, let me just give you a heads up. I'm confident, but it could happen. So when I woke up this morning, from waking up this morning to going to bed on Christmas Eve, I'm preaching seven times four different messages. Four separate messages are in my brain right now. And to be honest, there's a fifth one that first one in the new year. So there's like different messages in my brain, as you can see, that the way I prepare, and I do have notes and everything else, but a lot of it just comes. And so I'm gonna do my best today to stay on track with today's message. And just to let you know, the reason for January 30th, January 31st, for December 31st, being the case of not gathering and online only, we're going to record that whole service this Thursday night. So I'm going to preach December 31st message this Thursday, which is interesting. But let me just explain the reason why. Our team and all that they do in getting ready, they're still going to bring a full thing for you for December 31st. But we're giving them that week off from Christmas Eve bedtime to January 2nd. There's so much going on, and so I think you'll be all right. Is that okay? You'll be okay, but join us online. It'll be a shorter gathering, but join us online for that, and I have a unique message for us to hear on that one. 
But prayers for the next seven days for, for me and my team will be very appreciated. And we'll get into the why right now. So do not be afraid. When they hear that, do not be afraid, in that culture at that time, they have got the Old Testament as we know it, especially the prophets, memorized in their heart and mind. Isaiah, one such prophet, 700 years before the birth of Christ, declares this beautiful text. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to come back to that at the end of my message today. It is unbelievably powerful then and today. Whatever is going on, God wants you to know, do not fear. It's not enough, do not fear. He gives a why not. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and uphold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The emphasis is so personal. So personal. So getting close with the I and the my. Right, so... The original Christmas narrative, it really wasn't a silent night. Can I just burst that Christmas card perfect image? The original was not anything. It wasn't neat and tidy. It wasn't all is calm. It just wasn't. The backstory of all that was going on then was unbelievably violent, aggressive, uncivilized, untamed, not neat, not tidy. Here you have an angelic visitation to a teenage girl. The teenage girl then is pregnant, not with her, to be husband's child. They then have to go on a 90 mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, scholars would say it would at best be three days, likely a five-day journey, heavily pregnant at that time, so unprotected, so uncivilized. Imagine it. You are going to give birth to the Son of God. You think it would all be okay, fully protected from then on. You just lay low in Nazareth. It's all good, Mary. We got you. No. Take this journey, heavily pregnant. Again, it's uncivilized, it's unsafe, it's unsanitized, that birth. Everything about it is like not safe, not neat, not tidy. Now the reason we have a beautiful season now and beautiful lights and beautiful Christmas card perfect images and the reason we have this wonderful opportunity to sing these songs is because our king entered darkness and won. We have to understand that there was a war raging. There was an unseen battle taking place at the arrival of Jesus. And when we eliminate that from the story, we don't get the full story. I'm going to explain some things that maybe you've heard before, but you need to be reminded of. 
There is a reason why it was uncivilized and raw and dangerous. There's a reason why you got these earthly kingdoms at war with King Herod and his agenda and kill all the firstborn boys and you've got Roman rule taking place and we want to control you and tax you and you're, Mary, going to go on this journey. There's a reason why it was so fraught with aggression. There's a reason. Because light was invading darkness. The kingdom of heaven was going to forcefully advance on earth. And it wasn't something that was going to be just nice and easy and calm and bright. We get to celebrate now because of that. So we're all good with the unseen battle on the cross. We know that Jesus was raging war with sin and death. We know that when he cried, it is finished, darkness fell upon the land. It looked like it was over, but we know it was not. But there was an unseen battle at the arrival of Jesus on earth. Let me briefly take us there. Revelation chapter 12. This is not a common reading in the Christmas story. If you were to have maybe a, a children's nativity scene up here, there's, there is a, we have some cattle and some sheep and some whatever else in the manger and it's all there, but we rarely have a red dragon there. And we should. Revelation chapter 12. You're thinking, there's a little crazy right now. Let me just read this. And it helps with the backdrop of what I'm about to enter into today. Revelation 12, verse 1 through 9 and verse 17. Reference only is on screen. Listen in. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. This is why Herod did what he did. Moving on. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. That's the fleeing into Egypt, moving on. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So we get the demonic and everything else. Moving on, verse 17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. 
if there is a war raging in your world this week is because there is one. Those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus and he is our king, we are the ones the enemy goes to rage war against. And this time of year is this reminder of such. This time of year when we sing the songs we sing and we'll sing near the end. And as we sing this week, I don't know what your playlist has been. There's so much scripture being declared. We're not just praising God, we're telling the enemy something as well. We are at war. We do war when we praise and worship. There's so much in there. Oh, I need to carry on. It's no wonder. So John, in the Gospel of John, doesn't give a Christmas story narrative. He just goes in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then he goes down and it says that there's this light and darkness and light coming into the darkness. And then verse 14, and it says, and the Word... Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Eugene Peterson paraphrases it this way. He says, for John 1:14, and the word became a man and moved into the neighborhood. When Jesus steps in, he steps into darkness. There is war. There's a collision taking place. Why? The reason why is because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What for? To save and to, to redeem and to rescue and to restore. Save, rescue, redeem, restore. This is why. So there's a mission about this. Even if you thought about it in military terms, it wouldn't be all nice and neat. Oh, hey, we're just coming to come and take back this. We're just going to come and make it right. No, there's war with that. So he wants to come and save. He wants to come and restore and redeem and rescue. And that mission, that story is our story. And that story, actually, for those of us who follow Jesus, is the story that we carry into our world. Last week, you uh, heard and saw on video uh, a story of a family who adopted a little girl and the story behind that story. And, and then today, we're going to see a five-minute version of what was, when we recorded it, a one-hour story edited down to five minutes. So a few weeks ago, again, as part of dedicating a family before the Lord, uh, David and Lindsay Haddad uh, brought their family, and part of that family story is young Ruth. And Ruth's story is not a normal story as we see it. And it's very unexpected. You see, when you're a follower of Jesus and you hear and you feel his prompting to go, hey, step into this. They already had a family, but they felt compelled to step into fostering children. But what they didn't realize at that time what that would entail. And a five-year journey that we've condensed right now into literally a few minutes. It's helpful to see the backstory, just to hear the comments that Lindsay and David say. And there was a war and a battle all the time for this little girl. 
just for her safety and just for her rescue and just for her restoration. They didn't at the time start thinking how it would end, but isn't that what God does with us? And so just turn your attention to the screen and pick out the beauty. What was a one-hour conversation narrowed down into five minutes of what was a war that became a rescue. Take a listen. In fall of 2018, we both just felt this nudge that maybe there was something else we were supposed to be doing. And I think at first for me, like I didn't quite land a finger on what exactly that was. Um, but as the months rolled by approaching Christmas, we both realized that the other person had been thinking that perhaps what the Lord had next for us was to be fostering kids. Yeah, a God thing for sure, because we just kind of both went to each other and, and um, you know, it, it, it almost unnaturally, I mean, she kind of mm -hmm. came up um, and uh, kind of shared where we were both at. And so we um, just kind of came to the feeling, hey, clearly this is, um, you know, something that we um, the Lord's definitely pushing us towards. That we were looking to take a newborn, a newborn boy. Yeah, preferably. Yeah. Um, and so the call came. They actually said, "Yes, Mrs. Haddad, we see you have two beds open. We had uh, put two beds on our license, only knowing that we would take one. Would you like to take both newborns?" And we kind of laughed and said, "No." Um, but they offered us a little boy who was in the NICU in withdrawal. They offered us uh, what we thought at the time was a healthy baby girl who is now our daughter. Yeah. Um, it was four days old. Four days old. Uh, so yeah, so we, we brought her home and um, for um, weeks, for few, first, few, first few weeks, um, it was kind of very much like bringing any baby or infant, you know, just as if you had just had them at the hospital kind of home and we didn't kind hear of, anybody, anything yeah, from anybody. We didn't really hear anything from anybody. Um, it took a little while for um, kind of DCS and the case and things to kind of get uh, flowing. All of a sudden, we hear something, and it's um, grandmother's going to be moving in with them, and she's going to be going home. And so we um, actually packed her bags. That was about eight weeks in, I think. She it was about eight weeks in. Yeah. Uh -huh. I actually packed her bags. Um, I really tried to put a brave face on about it and told people that we were going to be delivering her joyfully back to her parents because I don't think we understood the full extent at that point of, of the issues. So we show up for the court yeah. hearing and uh, she doesn't show up. Yeah, grandma doesn't grandma show up. Doesn't show up. Yeah. And so she then disappeared. Um, and that was the first of... We were talking about it the other night. Four? Yeah. This was the first of four times that this grandma came back. So um, so after after uh, Ruth had been with us for... About 18 months. Yeah, 18 months, a couple years. Um, even with this kind of this ups and downs and, and whatnot, really in the end, as long as this was going on, and part of it was that um, we, we felt very, very strongly there was a piece um, there, that just there was a piece like hey, she wasn't yeah, going anywhere I, we didn't think that she was going anywhere and that it was was unlikely obviously we didn't know 100 percent for sure and at the same time we just felt like there was probably another 
little person out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we, you know, kind of decided knowing that, that, um, you know, we, we, uh, would have another, um, uh, you know, of our, of our own, um, biological, biological, yeah, got pregnant and we, we had, uh, we had Levi in, uh, February of 2021. Um, and they're a perfect little pair. Yeah, and um, yeah, they they are absolutely best friends. You know, no no part of this was uh, was a smooth road yeah. for sure. Um, and uh, down to um, we got the, the date for that adoption um, scheduled, and then um, there was a, a whole bunch of um, uh, kind of drama and some legal issues that came up. Um, that kind of was in the in, in the, in the, in the news, news um, literally in the within those last two weeks um, after that that was scheduled that uh, we, we we really thought hey this is um, and it wasn't anything specific to, to our case it was just going on with DCS and the courts in general but we were kind of told like you actually might have to do this all over again. yeah they, like, they did an independent review of our case and found that it was not impacted by these these issues that um, that the DCS was happening and then that day came and it was on um, zoom yeah it was on very zoom. anticlimactic yeah. after all that yeah but um we had just a ton of uh ton of friends and family still that that uh, they got on and um and walked through that that process and and uh the judge gave her her new name and yep made it official but um yeah it's it's just we, again we never would have thought looking back even you know five years ago five six years ago that this is kind of where we would be and that, um, oh I would have told you yeah. we were crazy but now um, kind of looking at that and, and kind of the Lord had something different in mind for us yeah. um, and for for our family sure whatever you say, yes to God, it nearly always coincides with uncertainty. You don't fully know what's about to happen. But the reality is, and we're going to see it today in the text, that when you do say yes to God, there's a truth here. If God is calling me to somewhere, I'm never going to be able to get there unless I leave where I am. If God's calling me to become somebody... I'm never going to become that person unless I'm prepared to leave behind who I am now. The two go hand in hand. So let's just dive in to this narrative. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse uh, 26 to 38. Break it up as we go. Familiar words, but listen in the context of the story and the save and the rescue and the redeem and the restore and how we are to live with this, do not be afraid because God is with us. Here we go. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. As we know from Mary, 
probably 14, 15 years old. Joseph, older, I could get into so much here. But even Nazareth, it's not neat and tidy. Nazareth, insignificant. Nazareth, there was a phrase that came out in those days. Does anything good come from Nazareth? No big deal. But this is what happened. And the angel Gabriel shows up. It's already uncivilized. Moving on. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Before we get to the next bit, don't skip over this. It's very unexpected. But Mary is very highly favored. The archangel Gabriel, even then my head's like, what must that have been like? Shows up. And can I just say this again? There's a reason why every time there's an angelic visitation in the scriptures, the people are terrified. There's a reason that they're afraid. There's a reason. He shows up and we've sanitized it because we've even used the word in English. He comes and he goes, Greetings, as if it's like here he steps in and he just goes, hey, Mary, greetings. I, I just don't think it's like that. What were the angelic greetings? He shows up and he says, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Original context. The Hebrew is Yeshua, or we get Joshua from, which literal translation simply means this. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. Every time you declare the name Jesus, you're making a declaration of who he is, what he has done, and into the darkness. The Lord saves. We declare Jesus, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. We declare this. You are to give him the name the Lord saves. Now, at this point, she hears this. I'm going to give birth. I'm going to have a be with child or pregnant, I'm going to give birth to a son, and you're going to name him, the Lord saves. Okay? Verse 32 and 33 are on screen. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, for his kingdom will never end. Context, at that time, the king on the throne is Herod the Great, and we know he was bad, bad king. Real bad king, Herod. Evil. So self-consumed that this threat of this new king being born says, all those boys, get them all killed. I don't care if it means genocide, I will keep my position. Evil king. And this angel's coming to Mary and going, now he's going to be the king. Oh, wow. That's kind of some hope there, but how's this going to 
play out because we know what it's like right now. Again, it's not neat and tidy and oh, oh, oh wonderful. It's there's going to be a cost there. There's going to be a pain there. There's going to be battle there. This is all taking place. But then you've got this phrase, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. He will reign. Is he reigning today in your world, in your life? Is he on the throne? You, you, get, so much, you get so much scripture with our music at this time of year. So much scripture. Here you have, and, and, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This is, this is where you get this whole inspiration in Handel's Messiah. In Handel's Messiah, in the hallelujah chorus. Don't get me started on the word hallelujah, because you will in January. But anyway, just so amazing. But then there's this stanza of declaration in the hallelujah chorus. And he shall reign forever and ever. But it's this constant, and he shall, and he shall. Whatever your soundtrack is this week, listen into it and declare it. It isn't just, oh, and Jesus shall reign. He is reigning, and he will reign. Not everything is under his feet yet. He is reigning and he will reign. Is he reigning in my world, in my life right now? And he will come and he will rule and he will reign. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, there's a clue. My Christmas Eve message is gonna press into Prince of Peace. And we hold him at arm's length and we need him close. Don't get there, that's next weekend, Des. So when we declare, and he shall reign forever and ever, if the Handel's Messiah is on your playlist this week, understand this. It's not just saying to God, yes, you're going to reign forever and ever. It's saying to the dragon, to the enemy, he shall reign forever and ever. You are defeated. There is a war going on. So whenever songs like that come up, we get to engage in a battle. It's not nice and neat and tidy. This is, anyway, moving on, come on. Where was I? Let's go to verse 34. Mary, this is so beautiful, it's in the text. She says to Angel Gabriel, um, and how will this be? How? You're gonna be pregnant. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to reign on David's throne and he will reign forever and ever. And Mary's question is, okay, how? How will this be? Can I just lean in a little bit here with your own prayer life? It is quite clear that the Lord may be leading you somewhere. It is quite clear. It is quite valid that you can go before the Lord and go, yes, but how? Now, he may well say to you, just trust me with this, like he does throughout the scripture. Again, if you want, if God's called you to something, you're never going to get there unless you leave here. 
If he's calling you to become something, you're not going to become that unless you're prepared to leave behind who you are now. But you can ask the question, okay, how? Because what this question does is unlock a testimony of how God has already moved. And that fuels your faith. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Just in case you didn't know, Gabriel, there's a biology issue here. Practical, down to earth, simple. I love it. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to have a son. You're going to call him the Lord saves. He's going to become the king on David's throne. Oh, but just to, the Son of God. And then he gives a beautiful thing. He doesn't give how with, he gives a bit of a how with the Holy Spirit thing, but he gives this reassurance, and I believe this. The Lord speaks and works with you at the level of your relationship with him that he may lead you on. He comes to you at the level of your maturity. He comes to the level of your understanding that you may trust him by faith and lead you on. And so the angel here gives this testimony that clearly in Mary's heart and mind right then is somebody in her life that is desperate and if anything was not possible, it was this. And so he steps in and he says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. We're two-thirds of the way there already with her. Mary's like, that's all she needed. Because the next line coming out is this, for nothing is impossible with God. What was impossible in Mary's world? <laughs> Elizabeth? Oh, they, <clears throat> do you think Mary's prayed for, the, for her? Yes. Here's an impossible situation and the angel comes and goes, so even this one. Nothing is impossible with God. Is that a statement or is it a question for you? Are you putting an exclamation point at the end of it or a question mark? For nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This came to me this week and then it came to me again this morning. That line, May it be to me as you have said. On a very small number of times in my life, I have been reminded of a prayer that I declared as a 17-year-old. I was 17, about to get on my bike to ride to college, and there'd been a season and things going on, and I'd been, you know, do I want to go all in with Jesus or not? And it 
conclusion, long story short, I got on my bike that Friday morning and I remember and I can see it as if it was yesterday. Okay, Jesus, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll be whoever you call me to be. I'll do whatever you call me to do. I'm all in. And on a handful of occasions, the Lord has reminded me of that prayer. Hey, Des, remember when? And uh, I'm calling that one in with this situation. You said you'd go wherever I tell you to go. You said you'd do whatever I call you to do. And there was times in my story in my life when I'd even said I'd never do that. You know, that famous thing. I'll be whoever you call me to be. I'm all in. And it's simple, and yet the Lord called that, and here you have it. May it be to me as you have said. Just trust and surrender. But do you not think there were moments in her life where she went, oh, what? And don't forget there is a war going on. There's a battle raging. And therefore, even when she's then pregnant and she journeys and she's then got this journey to Bethlehem, the 90 day, 90 day, the 90 mile multiple day journey, the whole thing of arriving there with no reservations made. Come on, God, why couldn't you line me one up? It's the Son of God in me. But the whole thing is unsanitized and uncivilized. It's almost like a covert operation of all the people to come and declare Jesus. God picks shepherds. So the enemy is not omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He's not. And so he's got, oh, this is taking place now, and here we go, and here we go. And then there's this unexpected God moving in the lives of people. The kingdom of heaven forcefully advancing in unexpected ways through unexpected people. And so let's come back today in the context of a war raging, in the context of Jesus coming to earth, light entering darkness into our world. Let me ask you a series of questions. If I say to you, are you afraid? You may flippantly go, no, I'm all good. But is there something fearful going on? Is there a situation, a season of uncertainty, a, a regret, a pain? It's just a real human experience. And so Isaiah 41.10, I want to just walk us through this and I want to pray it over us today. So do not fear, for I am with you. One of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. So first of all, do not be afraid for I am with you. This I am with you, I personal. The situation this week, even your invitations, you're inviting people to come this next week and in this weekend. Oh, and by the way, just go for it. Like we've got people who said they're coming, we did not expect. In fact, some of them are like layups for invitations. Layups. I, I'm, I'm over time, but let me briefly just say this one. Here's a prime example. So literally, 
this couple who, who come to the gym uh, where we go, and, and I'm there. And out of nowhere, this conversation was like, oh, yeah, talking about life and a busy time for you. So um, are you, like, like, the lead guy of the church? Like, oh, I'm like, yeah. What does that mean? Like, so you preach? I went, yeah. And they were like, struggling to imagine what that's like. Why don't you come and see? <laughs> Christmas Eve. Forget Christmas Eve. We're doing this. I didn't want to. I didn't want them to say a no for the twenty fourth because they're probably busy. Got young kids. Twenty third, and I'm not. I, and their posture was like, "What time? Where?" I'm like, "Look, if they only want to come and hear me preach, I will manipulate whatever opportunity we've got. <laughs> so whatever it may be, but I'm just saying to you." But there's still a war going on with that, let alone anything else. So do not be afraid, for I am with you. Some of you today have to enter into that, his presence. I am with you. Some of you need to get your playlist on and sing it and declare it. You're declaring it to God and you're reminding the enemy. Go to war this week. Do not be dismayed. Oh, this word dismayed, when you break it down in the original, literally means a crumbling of courage. Oh, what an image that is. You've got this courage and it starts to crumble and erode. And, you, and it's like, that's dismayed. I can't do this. I thought I could, but now I can't. Do not be dismayed. Maybe the burdens you're carrying are just getting heavier. And you're like, I just can't, I'm just dismayed. But he says, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Not this thing you think you're holding on to. I am your God. And then he says, and I will strengthen you. God will strengthen you and help you. Be specific with your prayers. Mary says to the angel, how will this be? Be specific. This is what's going on this week, this next few months. Be specific. Lord, I need your strength and your help for this. Be specific. Ask him for his strength and his help in this. Ask for him. When we have prayer partners today, come down and go, this is going on, I'm asking Nothing too big, nothing too small. And then he goes on and then says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Uphold literally means this. God, could you see it elsewhere in scripture? Stoops down, scoops up and carries you. Upholding is carrying. When you can't stand on your own strength anymore, scoops down and carries you. Some of you just need God to carry you through this week. Because it's maybe gonna be hard. This Christmas, for a whole host of reasons, it's just got something there. You just need the Lord to carry you. Ask him to carry you. And then two weeks from now, look back and go, he carried me. He carried me. For nothing is impossible with God. And so... 
Here's the text that they would have known then in the context that Mary would have known then. I, I, and I'm using some license here, but it would not be out of the question for Mary on the next nine months of her journey going to this point and the years following where she wasn't going, oh, Lord, I'm afraid. Oh, you're with me. Lord, I need your strength. I need your help. I need you to carry me right now. In her bones, there is something powerful. And you can say to the enemy, enemy, no, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is he's my God. He's going to uphold me. And so this is what I want to do. I, I wrote down my own kind of like prayer over this, hearing the words of God in view of Isaiah 41.10. And then I knew I had to declare it over all of us today. Would you stand up? Whatever posture works for you for receiving something, maybe it's like this, maybe it's just relaxed, maybe it's like this, whatever posture. It really doesn't matter what you do. Nobody else is looking at you because we're all interested in ourselves. All right, so it's all good. Okay, whatever posture you need to take, I wanna declare this scripture into our very beings, even for this next week. Yes, beyond, and then I want to put in some how I would hear the word of the Lord personalizing this. The Lord would say to you through his scriptures today, do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Don't allow your courage to crumble away and you think you can't do no more. For I am your God, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you, be underneath you. I will, with my righteous right hand, carry you. So I believe the Lord would say this to you today. I am with you. I'm over you. Yes, I am above you, but I am behind you. I am before you. I am beside you. I am under you. With my mighty hand, I will help you. When the attacks come, I will help you. When the threat comes, I will help you. I will strengthen you. When the days of uncertainty crowd around you, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will carry you. I am all around you. Be still and know that I am God. Holy Spirit, bring your comfort. Bring your counsel. Bring your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer partners, will you come forward? Leaders, come forward. And I want to compel you. Speak, come with something specific. I need the Lord's strength for this. I need his help for this. I need him upholding me in this. I need his presence for this. This week, maybe whatever's going on for people in your world, may it be to me as you have said, God, 
You did it with Elizabeth. Maybe some of you've got more faith for God doing it in somebody else than you have for in yourself. And as we declare these words of, oh, come all ye faithful, you're making a declaration to one another. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. He came and he pierced the darkness. Come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. It was unsafe and uncivilized, but he changed your destiny by doing it. Come and behold him. Oh, Christ the Lord. When we declare his name, we're declaring it to who he is and we're reminding the enemy. Do war. Let's go to battle in this time now and declare his greatness. Declare his greatness. I'm looking forward to being with you all next weekend. But this week, let's, let's see darkness flee in the name of Jesus. Come on out for prayer.